Podcast 9, Thomas the Doubter. Hi and welcome back to Accord Presents Who Are You, which is our study looking at the life and significance of characters from the Bible. So this week we're on study number nine, can't believe that, and we're going to look today at Thomas the Doubter, yes, and um, it was really interesting putting Thomas together because um, uh, there's not a lot said about him, we keep saying that about several (laughs) of our people, don't we? Um, But as I got into it, I thought, gosh, there is loads to learn from Thomas, and and um, did actually learn quite a lot. So we're looking forward to sharing that with you today. Um, so let's kick off then. Who was Thomas? Well, Thomas was obviously a disciple. Yeah, yeah we know that. Yeah. He was one of the chosen. Um, but he was also known as Didymus, and which literally means the twin. Okay. So <clears throat> Thomas was a twin. Yeah. But there is no biblical record of a sibling. Okay. Wow. We're told that John 11 verse 16. So he literally was a twin but there is no acknowledgement or biblical presence of a twin we don't we don't know yeah okay um but by the nature of the name yeah. he was one yeah so he's very much like nathaniel in the sense that he's mentioned only once in the synoptic gospels um he's simply just listed there's no mention of activity there are no details of his life recorded but we do learn all of his character from the Gospel of John. So um, right back at the beginning of these series, we did a little um, discussion about synoptic mm. Gospels. <clears throat> Excuse me. And, and it might be a good point just to echo this for a mm. moment. And that a synoptic, the synoptic Gospels are Matthew, Mark and Luke. And um, they basically are very, they are, they are pretty much the same in chronological order of the stories mm. of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus. Um, and their accounts are pretty much the same as well. Um, but John is not a synoptic gospel because he really gives very different mm. details and perspective perspectives 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 oh lord um to the other to the other gospels um but that might be for lots of reasons Mm. his relationship Mm. his perspectives um but this is a really so it's really good uh, uh it's a really good opportunity that when you read something in a synoptic gospel matthew mark and luke to check it out in john too just yeah. to get a different perspective yeah. um this is definitely one of those stories um i mean if you think about it in the synoptic gospels he literally is just mentioned he's listed mm. but we have actually three accounts of him um mm. in the book of john wow. so wow. very very interesting and really worth checking it out in yeah. in, in more than one gospel <clears throat> excuse me um now this is where i really kind of have a bit of a problem with the labeling of thomas because thomas of course is labeled as the doubter we've introduced him as that in yeah. our study today thomas the doubter but there are actually is a lot of detail in his character surrounding this identity Mm. um and some would even including myself um really question the fairness of this label and we'll consider that as we get more into the study i mean it's true he did doubt yeah but i just don't know if that's enough within the context Mm. to really label him as that but again we have um he's pretty much known as the doubter more than he's known than being a disciple um so it's interesting yeah isn't it that the labels do kick in yeah. uh, in the biblical yeah. stories and uh, it's always worthwhile digging around a little bit to uh, consider and weigh up those yeah. labels yeah. Um, and Thomas definitely was one for me by the end of this study I really felt that it was unfair that that's what he was labeled at and I'd already decided that I would no longer label him as that wow. okay mm. so that's just me personally yeah. so it'd be interesting to see what you think yeah. by the end yeah. of the study <laughs> Um, I think it's more accurate to label Thomas or identify Thomas more, that's what I should say, as a pessimist, Mm -hmm. okay? Um, He was a very negative person, a pessimist, a worrier, a brooder, yes? Um, Someone who always saw the worst in in a situation. Um, And although he did doubt, and we know that and we'll get to that, there was a whole personality behind this moment Mm -hmm. of doubt, um all those details really are given in the account of John okay um and we're going to go into that into more detail in this study but for me 
<clears throat> excuse me this sits, sits better with me rather than just this random act of doubting yeah. that came from possibly a critical position because I don't really think it was like that mm. I think you had somebody that was caught up in a pessimistic shell yeah um that did kind of go to the worst case scenario a mm. lot um but we'll look at maybe why that was in a minute yeah okay so for me um i've decided personally that i i won't identify him as that doubter anymore um i don't think that's fair yeah but although he did the act of doubting i don't think that that was you know the pureness of his of his character but i do think it's true that he was a pessimist mm -hmm. yeah he was a bit of a moaner a bit of a worrier yeah um and that will come across that in 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 the stories from john in a minute um, we know that Thomas didn't write any of the biblical books. We yeah. know that. But there is a gospel of Thomas, uh, which is included in the Apocrypha. So we've mentioned that before, haven't yeah. we, on yeah. several things. The book of Mary, the gospel yeah. of Mary was there. Um, so the Apocrypha are extra um, books of the Bible that are added in, certainly in the Catholic Bible. Um, I think it's about seven or eight extra books. Mm. Um, and But in um, Christ Christianity, we don't recognise them as sacred. Yeah. Okay, so there is an extra Gospel of Thomas, which is, in, which is included in the Apocrypha, but it's not deemed biblical for us. Okay. It was discovered in Egypt in 1945, the writings of, mm. of this book. And this is where it kind of becomes concerning for me because it was discovered in Egypt, 1945, so relatively modern, yeah. okay? Yeah. Um, and it's identified as being written by Gnostic writers, okay? Around 250 AD. Mm -hmm. So quite late, yeah. quite late on, quite a modern book. Yeah. Um, but it is predominantly identified and you know, seen mm -hmm. as being written by Gnostic writers. And we talked about Gnosticism, didn't we, in yeah, the last yeah. in the last um, Bible study. Um, so Gnosticism is not a, an ideology, a theology that we buy into in Christianity. Um, it's basically the mixture of biblical truth and mysticism. Yeah. Um, so we don't we don't no. buy into that. Um, the book actually in the Apocrypha, the Gospel of Thomas, is pretty much secret writings yeah. between Jesus and Thomas. So even that kind of rings okay. bells yeah, for me, definitely. especially as it yeah. wasn't written by Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so they have been rejected as sacred writings. And they're speculations. And we don't know what private conversations happened between Thomas and Jesus. And we certainly yeah. don't make a Bible uh, a Bible or a uh, a sacred writing out of that. Yeah. So we reject that, but there is a book of Thomas. <clears throat> okay. Um, now this is interesting, and that is that there is considerable written testimony, um, more historical evidence actually than any other disciple or biblical structure in, in the New Testament, um, that Thomas carried the gospel to India. Wow. So in the geog the geography of um, Asia, Asia Minor, Asia Major, and also Europe, we know, of course, that it is very true that the early church would have had a presence and a spread into these countries. Yeah. Of course, that is true. Um, but for us, we know that for India, there is huge, significant historical findings and writings um, and it is believed that Thomas carried the gospel to India. Okay. In fact, even today, there is still a grave um, on a, a hill just outside of Madras in India, which is supposed to be his burial place. Wow. Um, and it's up on a hill. Okay. Um, and there are churches. So that's a speculation. Yeah. yeah. But there are actually churches in India today whose roots are traceable to the beginnings of the church age. Um, and there's evidence, written evidence of that. And tradition says that they were started by Thomas. Wow. So that's a belief. Yeah. That's a, a, a historical interest. There's archaeological mm. findings there. Um, but obviously, if you think about in uh, India, it's a large place. Yeah. And uh, it is believed that Thomas uh, led that crusade. Tradition does tell us, because we don't know biblically, that Thomas was martyred. And mm. that he was martyred by being pierced by a sword around AD 72. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, this is significant and we'll see why at the end of the, at the, end of the study. 
okay so that basically is all we know about him in the sense of biblical truth we will get into the stories the three the three yeah. accounts of him um in the next part of our study but just some basic little facts there but i mm. think what i really want to emphasize at the beginning is that i really don't think it's fair that he's labeled mm. as a doubter yeah um but i do think it's very relevant that he was he had a personality flaw yeah. of being a worrier, a fusser, yeah. a pessimistic. Yeah. Okay. And I would rather approach the rest of this study from that mentality yes. rather than just accepting or perceiving that he just had basically a tantrum yeah. where he doubted. And that really I don't think is was yeah. the case as yeah. we look at it as we look at it in mm. more detail. Okay, so let's find out what we can learn. Uh, from Thomas because there's lots <laughs> there really there really is a lot so again we have to uh, we're going to find some lap over too in some of the other people that mm. we've looked at which I always love yes. Yes. and um, we're going to go back to Martha and Mary today oh, wow. and it's interesting isn't it that that story of Martha and Mary and Lazarus yeah that all you know almost like a throwaway comment mm. in the word you know that Jesus went to Bethany and he was with them yeah but yet it comes back again now in another perspective another person another character that that time was hugely significant yeah. and we understand more not only about thomas but about jesus but also then about martha mary and lazarus yeah so we're going back to john 11 verse 16 okay and in john 11 verse 16 um john is just describing really the prelude to the raising of lazarus so remember this story yeah um, Lazarus is in Bethany and Bethany was just outside of Jerusalem like a suburb really mm. and they were best friends yeah. the word tells us they loved each other deeply Ma Martha Mary and Lazarus siblings yeah uh, were Jesus's friends mm. okay and yeah. Jesus loved them dearly yeah. and they loved Jesus dearly okay so the situation here is that John's describing in John 11 the prelude to the raising of Lazarus so Jesus has left Jerusalem and that's what the situation is okay yeah. he's left Jerusalem because basically his life is in jeopardy mm. remember we're starting to get um, towards now the end of his life his yeah. natural life and we get a sense that there's things stirring yeah. um, you know the tolerance of Jesus is is lessened mm. and we are kind of feeling this little sense of unrest mm. okay so he's left Jerusalem with his disciples um, and because his life is in jeopardy and he goes out to the wilderness with the disciples and unfortunately or fortunately for him, mass crowds follow. Yeah. Okay. And what we then have is this really intense time of ministry in the wilderness and it lasts for quite a quite a while mm. many many days um and this intensive time of ministry is occurring and jesus is preaching and many were converted it tells us that in john 10 verse 42 so they've gone they've left the city they're out in the wilderness and church is happening yeah. yes <laughs> there's 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 a surge yeah. of life and it's all happening out in the wilderness okay it's a very fruitful time of ministry let's put yeah. it that way yeah. okay it's away from the religious uh, persecutions of the sanhedrin in jerusalem and there's a freedom there's an element of freedom yeah. they're not being disturbed by the religiosity mm. okay yeah. um so they're having a good time church is happening in the wilderness and uh, all is good okay yeah. and it's during this time that a message is sent to Jesus from, from the house of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. And it tells Jesus that Lazarus is very, very sick in Bethany. So remember, Bethany is this suburb. It's a couple of miles outside of Jerusalem. And his friends, Lazarus' sisters, basically, knew that if Jesus came to Bethany that he would healed Lazarus yeah we're told that in John 11 so Jesus is having church out in the wilderness it's all going amazing having the time of their life and then he gets this letter or a messenger that says look mm -hmm. Lazarus is is dying he's very ill mm -hmm. and the sisters know they've sent this letter yeah. to Jesus because they know that if he came back then mm -hmm. they would heal Lazarus yeah. okay so 
Then we kind of are introduced to a, quite a shocking or surprising dilemma. And Jesus knows that if he went back to Bethany, okay, which was two miles from Jerusalem, mm. it's a suburb, yeah. he would make himself and the disciples extremely vulnerable to the hostility mm. of the religious yeah. leaders in Jerusalem. Mm. We're told that in John 10 verse 39, okay? We know that sort of the, the things were heightening, yeah. okay? There was, it, it, it yeah. kind of changed pace, um, this relationship between the religious leaders and Jesus. And the religious leaders were seeking to, to seize Jesus because they were already starting to plot to kill him and get rid of him. So it was quite, well, it was a very actually serious situation. Yeah, yeah. There was a dilemma now. Should Jesus go back and heal his friend Lazarus or should he stay out in the wilderness mm -hmm. and carry on wow. with the ministry? Yeah. Yes. Um, what we need to remember as we get to this part of the story, and we're told this in John 11 verse 4, is that Jesus absolutely knew that Lazarus was going to die. Okay, we're told yeah. that in John 11. But he also knew that Lazarus would be resurrected. Mm -hmm. And he also knew that God was going to be glorified yeah. through that. Yeah. Okay, so Jesus, in one sense, has got everything covered. Yeah. So everybody else is kind of like in a dilemma. And we'll see in a minute, you know, that there's, mm -hmm. there's sort of murmurings amongst the disciples about what we're going to do, yeah. you know, what's happening, uh, what about the ministry, mm -hmm. what, are we going to go back, it's going to be unsafe. Mm -hmm. And there's all this kind of... Yeah chaos that that sort of creeps in but jesus is very cool very collected because he knows either way it's all going to be okay yeah. yeah yes so once jesus received the message about lazarus jesus said to the disciples we're not going back to bethany we're not going to mm. lazarus and this may have seemed on the surface quite cruel or selfish or surprising, bearing in mind it was his best friend. Yeah. Yes. Um, but Jesus actually, the Bible tells us, stayed away for two more days. Mm. And he stayed away for two more days to make sure that Lazarus died. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. And he knew that this was going to be a far greater blessing mm of resurrection than it would be of healing yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was going to be spectacular yeah. um and this becomes significant um in the whole prophetic timeline mm. of what is occurring at that moment so it's easy to look at this story and go well that's selfish of jesus he wouldn't go back for his friend but there was again mm. yet mm. again complete divine yeah. purpose yeah um plot you know, divine mm. intent. Mm. It was all in hand. Yeah. Um, and it did not appear as it seemed. Yeah. Yeah. So what this actually would have done, this waiting and waiting back and letting Lazarus die and then going back then to Bethany in order to, to have the resurrection, this would have injected a huge surge of faith. Mm. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So remember... We've been told that crowds went with him to the wilderness and mm. church is happening. People mm. are getting saved. People are, you know, you know, coming under mm. the teaching and getting converted. So this was actually going to be a huge injection, a surge of faith um, in people. It was a hugely spectacular miracle. OK, and maybe Jesus allowed that or God allowed mm. that because they knew he knew that Jesus was about to die. Yeah. And he needed a surge of faith, a, yes. a surge of certainty in the people mm. um, of who mm. God was because Jesus was about to leave, yeah. maybe. Okay. Mm. So that sounds fabulous, doesn't it? A yeah. very clear, in, a very clear um, plan mm. um, makes a lot of sense. We can see the divine purpose and the higher intent in that. But then we have a problem, and the problem is, da da da, da yet again, the disciples. Mm. Okay. So the disciples were really not happy that Jesus was even considering returning to Jerusalem. Okay. Um, and they start murmuring amongst themselves about this. And they actually say in John 11, verse 8, Rabbi, lately the Jews have sought to stone you, and you're going there again. So they're kind of trying to reason yeah. with Jesus and say, look, it, going back is not a good idea. We're going to get killed. 
yeah? yeah and they start to voice concerns they start to um they don't really consider the fact that this resurrection mm. is going to be a huge yeah. miracle yeah um they are really just very worried about jesus mm. going back and getting stoned mm. and also them <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you yeah. know they're, they're worried about it they simply didn't want to return to jerusalem it was they didn't want to do it yeah okay um, the ministry in the wilderness was phenomenal. Mm. Yes, there was. It was really there was a lot of freedom mm. there, um, and they risked death by going back to the city, and they really started to question that yeah. and uh, to dig their heels mm. in a little bit. Yeah. And there was a bit of a kerfuffle over that amongst the disciples. So Jesus lets it go on for a little while. This this sort of you know arguing amongst themselves and then he turns around and he says to the disciples just calm down i mean he doesn't actually say that <laughs> um, read it for yourself um but he basically tells them just to calm down come on and he reassures them that they have got absolutely nothing to fear and we know and so did he that his death was in the hands of God yeah. and it certainly wasn't in the hands of his enemy. Yeah. So the disciples were fussing and they were afraid and they hadn't considered the bigger picture. No. Yeah. Yes, they were just dealing with it mm. on a very natural level, a human level. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Um, so Jesus then told the disciples, look, our friend Lazarus is asleep. Yes, and I will go to him and I will wake him up. Mm. And he says that in John 11, verse 12. Mm. So again, you're thinking, wow, this is fabulous. There's a resurrection mm. coming. Yeah. This is going to be huge for the city. Mm. This is going to have in, in, introduce a huge surge of faith. Yes, and, and mm. sort of solidify those mm. things in the hearts of the people. But the disciples don't get it. No. They mm. still don't get it. Okay. And what they actually do is they misunderstand Jesus in that statement. And what they think he was saying was that Lazarus was literally asleep and recovering from his illness. Oh, wow. So he was recuperating. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And they just really misunderstood the whole it. spiritual yeah. connotation and, and the prophetic mm. insight yeah. um, of that. They just saw it completely in the cold light yeah. of day oh right great mm. Lazarus is asleep no worries um he's recovering fabulous and they started arguing then amongst themselves um and they were basically really ecstatic because mm. they were arguing amongst themselves about well that's fabulous yeah. if he's asleep we don't have to go back to the city result we're going to be okay let's go back to the church in the wilderness oh. life is good <laughs> and they just don't get it yeah they've all responded to it yeah. on a natural level yeah. they've not listened or understood jesus in any way so then jesus takes them aside and he says look what i mean is that lazarus has died okay mm. And we are going now to Jerusalem and we're going to go and resurrect him. Yeah. And it's at this point that Thomas speaks up for the first time. Okay. Wow. So that's a big leap, isn't it? Yeah. From just being listed as there in the synoptic gospels mm. to now, we realize Thomas is quite brave and he speaks up. Yeah. Okay. And he says to the disciples... In John 20, verse 16, he, he talks to the disciples and he says, look, let's go with Jesus. Come on, let's go with Jesus, all of us, so that we can die with him. Mm, all yeah. right. And this is where Thomas is pessimistic. Mm. OK, he could see absolutely nothing but death upon them yeah. upon their return. Yeah. yeah. And he was convinced that Jesus and the disciples were going to be stoned as soon as they hit Jerusalem. Mm. Yes. And what he was saying in that statement was he was con he concluded that if this is what Jesus was determined to mm. do because by now Jesus has said it more than yeah. 3 times yeah. we are going back to Jerusalem to resurrect Lazarus. Yeah. Okay, mm. so Jesus is very firm. Yeah. He knows what they're going to do. And where sort of Thomas comes in here is that he's saying, look, Jesus has made up his mind. We're going mm. back to Jerusalem yeah. um, and we're going to die with him. 
Yes? Yeah. So actually, I think that was quite courageous. Mm, so do I. Mm. Yeah? Yeah. So he got it wrong in the sense that he was doom and gloom. Mm, yeah. You know, he wasn't, cons- you know, nobody actually stopped and considered, well, wait a minute, Lazarus is dead. Yeah. If he's going to raise him from the dead, yeah. surely he can stop a stone hitting me. But nobody's <laughs> yeah. talking about that. Yeah. They're just caught up in the fear yeah. and the doom and gloom yeah. of having to mm. die when they go back mm. to Jerusalem. Okay. So I do think there was a an act of courage there, mm. yeah. certainly. Yeah. He might have got his perceptions a little bit, his delivery a little bit mm. wonky. Um, but actually what he was saying there was, look, yeah. if we're going to go back yeah. to do this, we're going to go back and die with Jesus. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. come on, let's go. Yeah. What we've learned here is that Thomas is very, very loyal to Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, completely pessimistic. Oh, yeah. Completely doom and gloom. He has a very negative personality. Mm. Um, and it would have been so much easier if to be loyal to jesus if you were an optimist yeah wouldn't yeah. it yeah. yeah but thomas was completely convinced that the worst was going to happen mm. but he was very loyal in that mm. yeah and he was saying look if we're going to die we're going to die yeah. let's go back and yeah. we're going to be faithful to jesus yeah. here yeah? yeah so it's all kind of muddled together mm. isn't it yeah um the correct approach yeah. and understanding that is given out of true love and respect mm. for jesus yeah. but then it's also wrong yeah. in the sense that there's this really negative personality yeah. Yeah. that's just jumped to the worst case scenario mm. yeah and uh, gosh we can learn from that can't we yes absolutely definitely um i think the situation here that to- is that we are seeing a devotion mm. a, a a situation of real devotion yeah. in Thomas yeah. towards Jesus. And he simply just didn't want to live without him. Yeah. That's what we're hearing in these scriptures. Um, what he was saying was, look, if Jesus is going to die, then I'm going to die too. Yeah. I yes. don't want to be without yes. him. Yeah. You know, yeah. if he's not here, what's the point? Yeah. Um, and he was willing to die with him upon their return to Jerusalem. Yeah. Yes. Wow. And I think that, that Thomas was actually quite an example in that moment to the other disciples um, as an example of strength. Um, They had all followed his lead and they all went then to Bethany with Jesus. Mm. So it was because of what Thomas said that the other disciples went, oh, well, okay, then we'll go. So I think that that bravery, um, that loyalty, that devotion that he had, did kind of spur the mm. other disciples on yeah. to go back to Jerusalem, mm. to Bethany. Um, but even though it was driven from a wrong position of yeah. negativity, you you can't sort of, I was going to say doubt, <laughs> you can't really doubt or complain um, or go after no. him for that lack no. of real devotion and yeah. love. Absolutely. And we're starting to now see maybe another side mm. Mm. of Thomas um, that doesn't really deserve the title that he's been given. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thomas was absolutely willing to die rather than be left behind and separated from Jesus. Yeah. And I think that that's really a love language, isn't it? A love behavior. And his profound love for Jesus shows up again then in John 14. Okay, mm-hmm. it's obvious that Thomas had a deep devotion and it overtook his pes- pessimism. Yes, yeah. he had no illusion that following Jesus mm-hmm. would be easy. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, look, if he's going to die, yeah. I'm with him. Yeah. yeah, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> so even though he was doom and gloom and pessimistic, his over, over his overbearing almost yeah. devotion mm-hmm. Um, sort of overtook yes. that yes. and he was willing to even die yeah yeah so that's interesting um so just before we go on to the next stage of the story what what are you hearing in that what are you hearing i think i just kind of love how we get so kind of caught up in it being the 12 disciples yeah and we kind of just group them all together and it's like oh the 12 disciples <laughs> but I think, you know, we've covered a few of the disciples now in the mm. Bible studies. And I just love how actually you're learning that each one of them had their own personality. Yes. Had their own issues. Mm, yeah. Had their own journeys. Yeah. And actually there were individuals 
who were all integral really yes in jesus's mm, ministry yeah, whether that was judas and the fact that he eventually betray- betrayed jesus yeah or whether that was now uh thomas yeah based on what he said mm. that kind of got all the disciples going yeah. to jerusalem yeah. so you can see how they all had their part to play yeah and they all did their bit but they all had their issues and their journeys mm. as well. I think mm. we're really seeing again, aren't we, another example, as we have seen with the other disciples apart from Judas, uh, of a real intimate personal mm. relationship Absolutely. with Jesus. Definitely. Absolutely. We're starting to see real love, yes. Yes. aren't yes. we? But that's that's what I was going to say, actually. It's that continuation of the love language and in every yeah. single one. I mean, even in Judas, there was jesus trying yeah. to pass that well love jesus loved on. him yeah yeah he did yeah. judas couldn't see it no but he did yeah and i just think that's amazing through mm. all these all yeah. these different people personal relationship different, yeah, yeah different relationship different characters etc but in all of it there is a love language yeah yeah and that's beautiful yeah. definitely Okay, so we kind of leave that story and we go now to John 14. Okay, so we do know, obviously, they all go back and yeah. Lazarus is resurrected. Mm. And it's there that sort of Judas is triggered and he goes then and sort of mm. makes preliminary sort of arrangements mm. for the betrayal. So it's yeah. imminent. Yeah. Okay, so we're going to move on now, <coughs> excuse me, to John 14. And jesus is now talking to the disciples and he's talking about his imminent departure yeah so we'd looked about this in martha and mary didn't we yeah. this that the mood changes yeah we've kind of got it kind of has gone a little bit quiet mm. there's a serious note coming in from jesus now and he's starting to talk talk a lot more about him leaving mm-hmm. and about what will happen afterwards yeah. and we know that disciples really struggled with this mm-hmm. they really struggled with the idea yeah. that he was going yeah. and some didn't get it um and uh, some did and we saw didn't we from the mary magdalene um study that we did last week that you know even when he reappeared to them yeah. after the after the resurrection that yeah. they still didn't get it yeah. yeah yeah so here we go jesus is talking to the disciples and he's talking about his imminent departure and he explains to them look i'm going to go and prepare a place for you and we've got that beautiful scripture that we all know about him being the way the truth and the life yeah. Yeah. so he's he's taking his time with them he's being gentle and he's saying look I'm going, mm. okay? and But don't worry, I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. Yeah. Yes? And here, Thomas gets very upset. Mm. And we read this in John, okay? He gets very upset. He gets very, very worried and fussy. And he starts fussing that we won't be able to find Jesus. And he says to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. And so if we don't know where you're going, how can we know the way? And he's starting to get really, really sort of frustrated and negative. And, well, that's not going to work out, is it? If we can't find you, how are we going to get to you? And he's he's starting to get really, really sort of antsy. And what happens here is that his negativity kicks Mm. in again. And he gets anxious with Jesus. And he asks Jesus, he basically says to Jesus, you're leaving. Um, Well, we'll never be able to get to you. If you leave, we'll never be able to get to you. We don't know how to get where you are. So how are we supposed to find you? And he takes this truly remarkably prophetic statement by Jesus and he brings it right down into the earth level and he starts fussing and being negative and saying, well, that's not going to work, is it? Because we're not going to be able to find you. And um, he tells Jesus, look, that's great, but it's just a much better plan that we all die with you and we go with you. (laughs) He really likes that theme, doesn't he? Um, and he's saying, and he's basically saying to Jesus, "Look, there can't be no separation. We can't be apart from you. So let's just all die and go with you." Yes. Mm. So he's humanizing yeah. the the intent of God, um, because to him, yet again, the idea of separation is just too hard yeah. for him. Yes. Um, and what he's saying, look, is look, if Jesus is going to die, 
it would just be better for all of us to die together yeah okay and you kind of then again get a sense of thomas and yes he's fussing yes he's being negative yes he's kind of manipulating the situation he's trying to bring it down mm-hmm. into into a human level yeah. but yet again you get a sense of the desperation and the love mm. that he just can't face the separation yeah and this is now where i'm starting to see him in a different light mm. okay and i think what we're seeing here is the second time now where Thomas actually has a really deep love for Jesus. Yeah. He just can't bear the thought of being separated yeah. from him. Yeah. He can't bear it. Um, and in this moment, he's very broken. He's very distraught. And he's very upset about Jesus talking of leaving them. Mm. He's shattered. Yeah. Yes. The thought of losing Jesus paralyzes him. Mm. Yeah. And even to the point where he says, look, it's just better we all die and go with you. I'd rather die and be with you than have to leave you. Mm. Okay, And it was just completely overwhelming for Thomas at this point. His worst fears were about to come to Mm. pass. And Jesus died and he didn't. Yeah. And they were separated. Yeah. And we're going to see now as we go to the third the third example of, of the time he's mentioned in, in the Gospel of John that that comes with huge consequence. Mm, yeah. Okay? So you get a sense of real sadness, yeah. of desperation. Yes, he's kicking off. He's having almost a tantrum, I would say. Yeah. Um, he's very, very... He's trying to negotiate the will of God mm. because he, it's too, he, wants, he, he yes. wants, doesn't want it. He yeah. doesn't want to be separated. Yeah. But even in that behavior, you've got to admire his mm. love yeah. and that he's willing to even die yeah. in order just to be with him. Mm. So we get a sense of that. So the story moves on and we come then to the third account mm. in John. Mm. And Jesus has died. And we're now in John 20, verse 24. Jesus has died and a tragic a situation occurs regarding Thomas, okay? So the disciples are distraught. Mm. Jesus has died. And we got we get real indication, certainly from this story, but also from the Mary Magdalene account mm, that yeah. we did last mm. week, the study we did last week, that even after the death of Jesus and the resurrection, they're still not clued up. Mm, no. They're still struggling to understand what's actually going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we get this sense here mm. that they haven't fully all understood what Jesus yeah. was saying about him leaving them. But here they were now in the middle of that situation and they don't know what yeah. to do. Yeah. Well, what does this mean? Mm, yeah. What do we do? What happens? Yeah. Who's the leader? Mm. Well, what's going to happen to us? Mm. There's all these sort of questions. And they decide to lock themselves away in the upper room in Jerusalem. Um, And they're hiding from the Jews. That's we're told that in verse 19, because the Jews were still looking for them in order to to kill them. Mm. Okay, they wanted to really eradicate anything of Jesus and his followers. So they were still and it was still unsafe for them. And so they were hiding out in the upper room in Jerusalem. But they were also there. Verse 19 tells us of John 20. They were there to comfort each other over the death of Jesus. They were mourning. Yeah. They were sad. Yes. And all the disciples were there, apart from Judas, mm. who had hung himself. Yeah. And, oh my gosh, Thomas is not there. And it was here that Jesus appeared to them. Mm. And Thomas wow. missed it. Oh. Now that's just like, you want to shout, Thomas, yeah. where are you? Yeah. Don't, you don't miss out on yeah. this now. Um, and it's really, he's not there. So all the disciples are there, apart from Judas who's killed himself, and Thomas is missing. Mm. And it's there that Jesus appears to the disciples. He's already appeared to uh, Mary, yeah. yes? Yeah. And now he's appearing to the rest of the disciples. And he appears to them and he says to them, peace be with you. Mm. Yeah. And he shows them his hands and he shows them his side. 
and they were so happy to see him and they were comforted and yeah. it tells us that in John 20 verse 19 yeah so th- there's this really beautiful moment where great comfort comes upon the disciples mm-hmm. maybe greater understanding kicks in mm-hmm. yes yeah. um and they've witnessed witnesses witnessed the the, the death yes. and now they've witnessed the resurrection yeah. so it's a very intimate yeah. personal beautiful time of excitement and joy and yeah. it changes the story slightly for them mm. the outcome yeah yeah and so the tragedy here is is that thomas missed the whole thing yeah so where was he where was thomas why wasn't he there well he possibly was so consumed with his negativity so down licking his wounds destroyed sad he was possibly wallowing in his own misery and he didn't want company or shared grief so he took himself away and thought now i'll give the upper room a miss yeah um, Jesus was gone and Thomas was absolutely sure that he mm. would never see him again because he was pessimistic. Yes. There wasn't, yes. no, he didn't understand yeah. the re- resurrection. Yeah. He didn't understand the future. He just knew that he was separated from mm. Jesus and he was distraught. Yeah. He was wallowing in it. Yeah. So what a shame. Mm. He missed the very opportunity to, to reconnect to Jesus yeah. and to see him. Mm. But he missed it. So after this experience, the disciples go to look for Thomas and they find him. And they're so ecstatic and they're so excited. And they tell him, we've seen the Lord, we've seen the Lord. And we're told that in verse 25. So you'd think, wouldn't you, that Thomas then would go, what do you mm. mean? And yeah. what do you mm. mean? Tell me everything. Yeah. I don't want to, don't miss a detail out. Yeah. I want to know the lot. But he doesn't. And he doesn't share in their joy Mm. you know he doesn't it just feeds his misery and pessimism his doom and gloom um and how many times have we done that when people share good news and we're just not having it yeah (laughs) we're just too miserable for it we just don't want it um and there's a real lesson to learn Mm. there isn't there um so he was broken he was still not happy at all and to him, it was just all a little bit too good to be true. Yeah. 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 And he told the disciples, look, unless I see his hands, the, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails, and unless I put my finger into the holes in his hands and his side, I will not believe. Oof. Yeah. Wow. And we're told that in verse 25. So there, now you see, that's the... Um, the story that's the the part of the story of why he's labeled a doubter mm, yeah but to me it doesn't quite no. fit no. Mm. to me it's just he's so caught up in his his misery yes. yeah in absolutely. his doom and gloom yeah. in his pessimism that he he just won't have it yeah he won't partake of the good news and there's a lesson there isn't there yeah yeah so this is why he's really labeled as the doubter Mm. because this is the beginning we've got Mm. another incident coming in a minute but that really is the beginning of that story yeah um but we've got to remember something here (laughs) and that is let's let's think about the other disciples for a moment because the other disciples didn't believe in the resurrection either (laughs) (laughs) they didn't believe in the resurrection until they saw the the holes in jesus's hands and side and we're told that in Mark 6, verse 10 to 11. Um, Mary Magdalene, remember her? Yeah. She told them that Jesus had yes. risen. Yeah. yeah. And they didn't believe yeah. her until they saw him for themselves. Yeah. yeah. So what difference is mm. his dis- unbelief to the other disciples? Yeah. But yet we pick him out. Yeah. 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 So all of them actually didn't believe. Yes. Mm. Um, they didn't believe until they saw. Yeah. And uh, but we pick him out for some reason, yeah. yeah? Uh, what actually set Thomas apart was not that his doubt was greater, but that his sorrow was greater. Mm, yeah. Yes, he was broken. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he was absolutely broken. Um. Now, Scripture tells us that after the disciples tell Thomas that Jesus had appeared to them, it's eight eight days pass yeah okay 
And the disciples agree and decide to meet again in the upper room eight days later. Okay. But this time, Thomas went with them. Mm. Okay. They had reassigned or replaced Judas. Mm. Yes, with Thaddeus. Remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, no, Matthias. Yeah. Sorry. Matthias. Um, just make it up as I go along. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they'd replaced the, the, the Judas's post. Yeah. Um, and now we had the full discipleship in the upper room. Yeah. Okay. And so here again, Jesus appears to them again mm. in the upper room eight days later. And nobody told Jesus what Thomas had said to them about his doubting. Remember the conversation? Yeah. You know, well, I'm no, you know, I, you'd have to prove it yeah. to me. Nobody told Jesus that, mm. but immediately Jesus went to Thomas yeah. and he said to him, Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Mm. Reach your hand here and put it in my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Mm. And he says, we learn that in verse 27 yeah. of John 20. So a supernatural understanding by yeah. Jesus, a supernatural understanding of the doubt mm. and of, yes. of, the, yeah. of the, the, the awful pain yeah. that he was in yeah. regarding the separation yeah. between him and Jesus. But then Jesus is very, very gentle with him. Mm. And Thomas sort of... <sighs> has been flying as a pessimist he's been sort of he's sort of failed um in this mm. in this character flaw yeah. but this was really an error of love mm. yes yes he loved him yes. so much that he was negative about anything yeah. Yeah. that didn't mean that he could be together with him so he's been provoked by grief he's been provoked by loneliness mm. he's been provoked by separation mm. And so because of that, Jesus looked and understood that. Yeah. And he was actually very, very tender with him. Yeah. Yes, he didn't yeah. rebuke him loudly. He didn't rebuke him fiercely. Yeah. Um, he, let him, he let him touch the holes mm. and have that assurance. He wanted the intimacy with him yeah. because that's what he was broken about. And I just think that's so yeah. beautiful. Yeah. 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 So we don't get the sense of this harshness of this doubter, no. do we? No. no. Um, that was really almost cynical. Yeah. We don't get that feel no. here at all. No. We get just a feel of a very broken person yeah. because they're separated yeah. from the one they love. Yeah. 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 I think what we learn from this is uh, from Hebrews 4 verse 15. And that is that God understands oh, our weaknesses. Yes, yes Thank God. Yes. <laughs> um, he understands us yeah. and he's patient with our brokenness. Yeah. And although this is a human weakness that maybe sometimes makes us doom and gloom and, and crumble, yeah. yeah um, what Thomas did was actually a heroic devotion mm, of Jesus. Absolutely. Very, very much so. So we know that uh, he has this experience with, with the resurrected Jesus. Yeah. And then suddenly his melancholy, his negativity, his moodiness dissolves and it leaves him. The word tells us that it departs from yeah. him. Yeah. Simply by the appearance and reconnectivity mm. to Jesus. Yeah. So we get a sense here again, yet again, of the intimacy and the transformation mm, yes. through relationship yes. with Jesus yeah, intimate relationship yes. personal relationship yeah. mm. and that speaks so much to mm. me about so many things yeah. yeah yeah so what do you think about that what what speaks to you about that that process i think again like thinking back to the other podcasts that we've had the other mm. bible studies where we've talked about how jesus sort of gently rebukes mm. Mm. And you kind of got the same thing here where he goes straight to Thomas and he's like, look, go mm. on then, you know, I'm here, so do it. But even with Judas, do you remember? Yeah. When Judas betrayed him, he still mm. called him my friend, yeah. the one I love. So yeah. I think that whole relationship and that mm. connectivity, you really do feel yeah. that. You do. And I love what you said back actually about him, about God understanding our weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. And you almost get the feel that he came back for Thomas. Yes. Yeah. So that he could be <laughs> yes. like, look, I know what you need. This is what you need. Yes. So here you go. Mm. And I think you got the same feel again in Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Yes. Where Jesus appeared just to her. Yes. Because he knew that that's what she needed. That's what she needed. So even mm. though there's multitudes of people, yeah. he sort of picks out the people that he knows need him in that mm. moment. 
And I think that's what he does with us with our relationship as well. Well, we've yes. talked about that, I think, yeah. in, in, in other podcasts mm. um, in, the, in the past um, about how if we listen and look and understand and observe the love language of God, yeah. there are little things that come into our life that may appear insignificant. Mm. But if we understand and connect to them, we realise they're little clues yeah. as to great works that he has done in us or they are things of love and we all have those stories Mm. I'm sure where something it only means something to us it doesn't mean anything to the crowds or to the multitudes Mm. but it's just that intimate moment where it means something to us yeah Yeah, there's little prompts and that's kind of what I felt this was yeah Yeah. definitely Mm, definitely I think also with um with Thomas just the understanding of how close he was in his relationship mm, with Jesus yeah. how all the disciples were yeah how how all the people who loved Jesus I mean they only they were only with him for three years yes mm. that's not long not long every at all. time I stop and think about it I think well they didn't even have a um a lifetime they didn't even no. have a marriage they didn't even have um a family relationship Mm. it was very much this is what you're getting this is how i can minister straight to you because of my love language to you it means something very personal to you it may not mean anything to to the disciple on the other side or Mm. the woman on the other side but to that person it goes right to the heart of the matter Yeah. yeah and and i just find that it's very it's very wow. targeted isn't it yeah very targeted, very personal very giving yeah. and totally turns you around yeah and that's i think sometimes we forget that that's actually what he does for it us. is right yeah. it's absolutely because, right and it's only as we said little yeah. prompts perhaps mm. or it's a little recognition yeah. or whatever it is yeah. but it's exactly on on point yeah, yeah. definitely yeah okay so what happens then all right so he 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 appears to to them well to the disciples a second time but yeah. to thomas the first time he's completely transformed and not long after uh thomas is part of pentecost mm-hmm. yes yeah. and uh, he's filled with the holy spirit with the rest of them and he becomes part of the proclamation of the good news yes. not pretty hard for a pessimist yeah <laughs> So you can see how great transformation had to happen where his personality really wouldn't have been compatible Mm -hmm. to the joy of the Mm -hmm. good news that Mm -hmm. was coming. And so that was not only a blessing to allow him to have that intimacy of of that time. It was an equipping. It was a transformation to change him. Um, He became part of the proclamation of the good news. He moved from being a pessimist um, to being an optimist mm-hmm. and uh, he, he was just part of of that message of salvation yeah. he was a bringer of the hope of glory and salvation he was the he had feet yes. that brought good news yes. mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. and that just wouldn't have worked from a doom and gloom yeah. merchant mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked from a misery guts it yeah. wouldn't have worked from a pessimist yeah. who was always doom and gloom and thinking the worst so you can see how God just needed to transform yeah. him in order to be part of that new yes. birthing yeah. um, in the early church. Yeah. What we see here is that Thomas had really shifted and he had been transformed from a moody, melancholy, um, but yet a tender-hearted mm. person. I think yeah. that's mm. true. And all through the love of Jesus and yes. the intimate relationship yes. with him. Yeah the personal relationship with Jesus yet again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think there is a real message there, isn't there? Definitely. It is interesting. Let's go back to the the point of his martyrdom because it is interesting that tradition tells us that Thomas was martyred by being pierced by a spear, Um, similar to Jesus. Mm -hmm. We know Jesus was pierced by a spear on the cross. Um, A similar fate for the one who longed to be reunited with Mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And the one who could not bear separation. Yeah. So it's interesting mm. to me that tradition says that he was martyred that way. Yeah. Um, just like Jesus. Yeah. yeah. Similar yes. to him. Um, and, you know, just had to be reconciled mm. with yeah. him. Mm. Yeah. So to me, yet again, <laughs> with a lot of these studies that we look at, 
you have a tricky story, a mm. difficult mm. person, but is completely transformed. Yeah. And the end result is a mass glorification of God um, through their life. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I really do love that. Mm. And I love the fact that on the surface, Thomas seems very insignificant. Mm. Remember, three mm. Gospels only just mentioned, list him. He was just, yeah. you know, on the, he was on the, on the register, <laughs> on the roll call, on the roll call. Um, but here, John has given us insight. Yeah. He's observing yeah. these things. Yeah. Okay, let's just finish with some personal consideration um, and things to consider for study. Well, what do we? What do I want you to know about Thomas? Well, I want you to know that he was a flawed human, but he was transformed mm. through a life with Jesus. Yeah. And I think we keep saying that. Yeah. Um, I want you to know that he missed out on Jesus because of his grief, mm. um, but he was given a second chance. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. that's beautiful because can you mind, that would have been, I mean, that would have just really oh, fed gosh. his misery, wouldn't well, it? Wouldn't fed it his pessimism yeah. Yeah. if he just missed it a second uh, time yeah. or there was no second no. time. Yeah. You know, exactly. I, I don't think he maybe possibly would have got over that. No. So, you know, he missed out, mm. but something happened in his transformation mm. in, in his heart and he didn't miss out the second no, time. No. So, you know, it all worked together for good. Yeah. And I think the other thing I want you to know about Thomas is that he had courage in his pessimism um, and he would have died with Jesus quite Mm. happily. Yeah. He would have, you know, the thought of separation was just unbearable Mm. for him. Um, And even though he was doom and gloom and pessimistic, in the end, that bow its knee to the love that he Mm. had. Yeah. And I think that that's great because that tells us then that it doesn't matter what how moody yeah. we are or how <laughs> doom and gloom we are, we can be transformed yes, and have hope. Yeah, yeah, Definitely. we can really access that. Yeah. yeah. Um. So there we go. I think we'll leave it there. But it's 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 just so interesting to me that we yet again we have another person that has very intimate relationship. And again, maybe we do need to go back and consider and study properly Mm. these stories because how we assume how one thing appears on the surface is really not really how it is at all. Definitely. And I know with Thomas, can you see now how I just can't bring myself to address him as the doubter no. anymore? No. Um, because I think it, that's not what it was about. Yeah. I think yeah. it was it was about a whole other structure in him yes. um, that was possibly misunderstood yes. um, apart from Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Amazing. Beautiful. So yeah. there's qualities there we can learn from, isn't yeah, there? Definitely. There's qualities there that um, we can really access and learn that even if our personalities are not where they should be yet yeah that um our love for him mm. you know love covers a multitude yeah. doesn't it yes. um and that there's that we can still have that transformation yes. definitely yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. anybody like to say anything before we finish i think i think it's something that you've kind of said back but just how you cannot label people you can't just because of one thing that they've done or mm. how they appear and actually i kind of i agree with you i think now having heard what you've said I don't think I can kind of call him the doubter either because we all have times Mm. when we don't believe something Mm. or it just seems too good to be true. Yeah. It just seems so unreachable that it's just impossible. Yeah. And we've all been in that. And, you know, I think with the disciples, they were in exactly the same position. It's just that they got to see him sooner. Yeah. That was the only difference. Yeah. Yeah. But it could have easily have been any of them other than Thomas. It's just that he was the one that wasn't there. Yeah. Yeah. And also remember that... he did it actually nothing wrong yeah. that the disciples hadn't yeah. done. Exactly. They all disbelieved. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they all disbelieved, but he loved him so much yeah. that he just wanted to, he wanted to be close yeah. to him yeah. again. Yeah. I think um, we should yeah. rename him Thomas the Courageous. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thomas the Courageous, definitely. Because I, I think there definitely was courage yes, there. Definitely. definitely. Yeah. True courage. And uh, we can learn a lot from that, can't yeah. we? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yes. yeah. Um, yeah wow. to trust him. And uh, that Jesus, you know, let him touch the scars Mm -hmm. simply, uh, not to prove to him, but just to let him, to to be okay, to be intimate with him. 
um, and to settle that and to bring transformation. Mm, and yeah. God's so clever. Yeah. Yes. He really so is. Clever. Very, very clever. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you've enjoyed our study today looking at Thomas. We've got three more left in this series and then we're going to take a break and do another um, set of podcasts, another subject. But we will come back to this later in the uh, next year, I should say now. Yeah. Um, we'll always come back and do some more. So we're, we've got three more in this in this series. Um, and so I hope you join us then. And I hope this has been helpful today as we always learn about the intimacy of Jesus and transformation that can always come to us if we just have correct love and correct connectivity to the things in the heart of God. Okay, so till next time, we'll see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.